Hello and welcome to the July 2023 edition of the Voodoo Podcast. I am your host, Mike Napolitano, as always, and I have a very exciting episode for you today. I have an interview with the John LaFlamboy, the owner of Hell's Gate Haunted House, formerly the owner of Statesville before they closed up that operation and moved it into Hell's Gate, combined a little bit there. And uh, I have an interview talking about their past present and future that has to do with zombie army productions yes future so a little bit of behind the scenes of what they've got coming for you this next season uh so you're not going to want to miss that one stay tuned it's an hour's worth of all that great content but before i jump into that i do want to make a couple announcements i mentioned it last podcast but i want to mention it one more time it's July. It's this month. If you're listening, hopefully you're listening in time. Uh, Disturbia Haunted House will be having their Summer Screams event on July 14th and 15th. Uh, that is from 7 to 10 p.m., both that Friday and Saturday night. So go ahead and get your tickets for that one. I will probably be there. I'm not sure what my schedule looks like yet, but uh, I, I it's going to be a fun time. DJ Psych Jam will be there uh, playing all the summer hits and all of your favorite ghouls. We'll be out there. Some of them you may know from this podcast. Uh, so go ahead and check out that event. It's a haunted house in the middle of summer. Like how can you how can you not have some fun over there, right? Uh, get on over there. I know we've missed a couple haunted houses in the past and some scary movies that are coming out. I know I've been lacking on that. If you've seen any that you want me to talk about in this podcast, talk to me. Hit me up. I know uh, Fear the Walking Dead just kind of wrapped up there first half of their final season and then dead city just began so i've been on the walking dead kick lately but i know there's some movies coming out there's another insidious uh so we may have to take a pause in one of these episodes and get back on track of the talking about horror films and content that is coming out very soon Another announcement I want to make is that i heard we have some listeners in New York Michigan and Minnesota, of all places. Uh, and of course, we have some in Indiana. I don't know of anything from Wisconsin, Iowa, or Missouri. Of course, if anybody knows, I am in Illinois. So uh, those would be neighboring states. Uh, we all got to stick together, uh, represent. But I'm just, just so glad that the fan base uh, is expanding way quicker than I could have ever imagined. Uh, thank you for listening, and we're going to take this thing to the moon. Uh, I didn't expect to be here, but so we just have to, we got to take it up a notch, and we got to expand even more, and uh, I'm, I'm happy that you guys are along for the ride for this one. Um, one other thing, just before I get to the interview itself, I don't believe I mentioned, uh, if we did, it was briefly, we did the Haunt Tour, the Friday Night Haunt Tour, with Midwest Haunters Convention last month. I did not get to do the Michigan trip, but I heard it was amazing. But I did do the Old Joliet Haunted Prison. So there is a Q&A that they did that I was able to record. And you'll get to hear all of the questions and answers from that. A little bit of behind the scenes of how they came upon getting this as an attraction, the Old Joliet Haunted Prison itself, uh, how they excavated it, renovated it, and turned it into the haunt that we know today. So I'm actually going to turn that over to them right now, answering those questions. 
And then the John LaFlamboy interview will be right after that. So, of course, stay tuned for that. But enjoy. This is what I was able to get out of them. And uh, just a great show that they put on on that Friday night to kind of kick off the Midwest Haunters Convention for 2023. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. We inherited this building that was abandoned in some parts 20 years, in other parts 40, 50, 60 years it had been untouched. So the challenge was not just to build a cool haunted house, but to get this place up to code to make sure that the electrical, the plumbing, the fire safety was all up and running before we could even begin building the haunted house. Um, so when we moved into this place, we started there. Um, it was a massive undertaking um, to get all that up to, as you can imagine, like when you go to a prison, they're designed to keep people in, right? Not let people out. So fire department wanted to make sure that we were cutting holes in the doors so that we could have multiple emergency exits and have all that infrastructure in place. And then we began building our haunted attractions. So building a haunted it, it, that's an interesting point you make everything we do we have to set it up so people can get out but the whole place is designed to keep people in that must have been a nightmare what was it like what were some other things about it to build a haunted house in, a, in an actual old prison what were some of the other challenges you guys faced so i i think the biggest thing here is people don't look at it um the telephone poles around you, the telephone poles in the parking lot, building the parking lot, all of the power that has to supply everything around you. Um, when we first had access to this uh, this building, we'd have to go in and be like, do you have the keys with you? Because doors close behind you and they lock. So you don't think about that, but when you start going in and start exploring the spaces that we get to go into, we had this giant keychain with us all the time, and I'd be like, Brian got the keys, Brian got the keys. Um, so that was always something that we had to think about, was doors locking and shutting behind us. And then um, tonight you'll see when you leave, the front of the building, which is over 100 yards away, our electricians had to run power to the front of that building to the corner of that building, to the corner of the other part of that building, um, just to get power where we needed it to make the place look open. And um, it was a lot of things we didn't think about until we were in it. And it was like, oh, we need power for this, power for this, power for this. So big learning experience. And uh, it took us a lot of time to figure out, so. Yeah, power was one, water was another one. As soon as they turned on the water, they found out the water main was broken, so we had to replace the water main. Uh, yeah, it actually blew again today. But uh, in addition, obviously sprinkler systems are a big thing at haunted houses, and uh, charging up the sprinkler system the first time, I think there was, I don't know, 50 leaks or, you know, I mean, it was just, you don't, like Tattoo said, you don't think about a lot of things until you get into it and you walk through initially and you go, wow, this is going to be really cool. And then uh, you go to actually try to do it and you go, oh, okay, this is fun. So 
Uh, we, uh, we, yeah. we originally planned to open in 2020. Everybody knows what happens then, so we hit the pause button. But uh, opened in 2021 and uh, just celebrated our second season this past year. So, I don't know. I, I got very lucky and uh, I was able to come out here and walk through the prison before they built anything. So, of course, they said, oh, well, we'll show you the other side, the, the really old, decrepit side, the really scary side. So, we're walking through there and they're like, did you hear something? I'm like, you guys are screwing with me, right? And, of course, we're going around this place. It is extremely creepy. And then we all heard it and saw it. It was a huge raccoon came around, barreling out and scared us all. But the place was really, really creepy. And in a lot of old buildings, there's legends, there's ghost stories, there's things that shouldn't be happening. Have you guys had any investigations here? Or have you had any kind of paranormal experiences while you've been in the building? Other than raccoons? Um... Yeah, we've had, we've heard from guards that used to work here. We've heard from the historians that run the museum across the street. Some of the things that happened here as we learned about the history of this place. Like it was early 1800s that they built across the street. Um, and they had men and women, but women were relegated to just one floor of one cell block. And they were only allowed outside one day a year. Yeah, one day a year, and even they realized, like, back then, that was a little barbaric. So they built this section over here, uh, mid-1800s. Everything here and across the street was all mined and built by the prisoners. Like, they built the prison around them. Yeah, they quarried the limestone from uh, the quarry right behind us. It's all, it's a lake now. Um, but during that, I mean, people died in the construction. There was death row. People were put to death here. There are cells in the basement. We thought they were, like, old storage bays. But apparently they were solitary cells that were carved into the foundation of the prison that they would put people in and just lock. You couldn't even stand up in them. So, I mean, you can feel it when you go down in the basement. Like, it gets colder. You get freaked out. It feels oppressive. Um, I have certain staff that have gone into areas to start working, start cleaning up, start, you know, making something. Feel something, hear something, and then nope, nope, not here. I'm not working in here. I'm not going in this room ever again. Yeah, also to give you a quick lay of the land for tonight, um, there's two cell blocks. The great big building you see right there is the oldest cell block, and uh, we're currently not using that. But next to it, you'll see another cell block. That's the one that we're using for the main part of the haunted house. And then uh, back out in this area is actually the prison yard. So you guys are going to go through the first haunted house over there um, in the in the main cell block. Then after that, you're going to come back here, and we're going to queue you up over here to go through the... There's two attractions in the yard. Um, and as time goes on, we're going to, you know, obviously do the work necessary to put more attraction space inside. But for the time being, I would encourage you, when you're going through the outdoor uh, section, which is the second part you'll go through tonight, look up and around because you'll see the big wall that surrounds the yard and it's kind of a, a cool vantage point that you don't get to see unless you're paying attention to it. So when customers come here, obviously there's an atmosphere, you know, there's that creepy atmosphere, there's just being in an old prison. How does it affect the customers when they come here and how does it affect the staff? I mean, do they really play into the whole, does it just drive how this place feels? Yeah, I mean, I think people can probably already tell just by seeing it, like, looking at that facade, looking at this old prison, it's like, 
the first character is the prison, and it's kind of doing half the job for us right out the gate, is how just creepy and epic that building looks. And everybody coming in here, there's, there's not too many people that don't stop and kind of wow at that architecture, that old building, especially when it's lit up like this, and take their pictures. That's like such a, a fun first moment walking in here. Yeah, I think in the area, too, like Brian was saying, a lot of the prison was closed for at least 20 years, if not longer. So you have a lot of people in the area that have driven by this building, you know, almost their whole lives and looked over and said, wouldn't it be really cool if we could go in there? Um, so it's pretty cool now that a lot of people that come actually come because they're like, I've always wanted to get inside of that building and now we have an opportunity to do it. So, so while you were, you know, designing this, clearly you came across particularly weird rooms or maybe some strange artifacts inside the prison. Is there anything in particular we're going to see tonight that you used in the design and the creation of the prison? Any particularly unusual or freaky places? Yeah. Um, there is in the on the entrance of the old side there's like this intake area that all the prisoners would get brought through and there was this old desk that was up against the wall and clipboards where everyone would have been processed as they were bringing them into that old prison um, and it was just really really cool so we couldn't resist we took that down off the wall we moved that into our recreation of that scene it's at the beginning of the first attraction you're going to see tonight so keep an eye out for that when you're out in the prison yard, you can see the, uh, the basketball hoop that the prisoners used to use. Uh, it's towards the end of the second attraction. The old tables and weights were still out there when we moved in. The weights are set up as a photo op right over there. And the tables are some of those metal tables that y'all are sitting at right now. Uh, there is also on the floor of Death Row, there's this really morbid saying that was painted on the floor that every single prisoner death row saw um, it was it's never too late to mend so we that was also something that like a piece of history that we thought we absolutely have to include in the show so that's also in the first attraction um, a one to one recreation and it's painted on a wall in part of our attraction so keep an eye out for that as well now, you guys got the building a while back, and of course we had that COVID thing that happened that kind of slowed you down. But I understand this building's been used for a lot of uh, movies and TV shows. Tell us some of the shows these people may enjoy that may have filmed here. Uh, the obvious one is Blues Brothers, right? It was filmed at the Joliet Prison. Uh, when they come tearing out of the, uh, the Sally Port and pulling out of the road, it's, it's right there, it's that Sally Port that everybody drove past. Um, we have the Blues Brothers here visiting with us tonight. It was uh, really great that they agreed to come out, so thanks, guys. Um, another big show that was filmed here was Prison Break. Um, so there was uh, a lot of stuff left over from when they filmed here. Um, in the infirmary of the building here, there is a lot of old notes and photos from the makeup team. Um, and their schedules and itineraries, and they still had all taped up on the walls. And... Across the street, there is, I guess there's a scene in the show where they are tunneling their way to freedom, and they maintain the tunnel and keep it there as something that people can, like, take pictures with, um, and that's there as well. All right, so we talked a lot about the prison. We talked about the weird things that have happened in the shows, but tonight, 
We're all here because we want to go to a haunted house, right? Yeah! Right. So we want to hear a little bit about what's in store for us tonight. What sort of horrors await us in the haunted house? Yeah, so what I'm going to do is hand the mic to Brian again. Thank you. Glad to finally get a chance to speak. So the first attraction we're going to be going through, as Chris said, is inside the old cell block. So it's like a paranormal research facility in the abandoned Joliet prison. So once you go through the prison attraction, everybody's going to come back out here in the midway. And in that same order, we're going to get everybody ready to go into the second and third attraction, which is right over here. And that's what takes you to the prison yard. The first one you're going to see is a military bunker where they do uh, training to fight zombies. So it's our zombie laser tag game. We have a bunch of scenes throughout the bunker, these simulations, and they're all designed after popular video game locales. Then the third attraction is the Slaughterhouse Chainsaw Maze that are about to be going through. And that's filled with a lot of the fan favorite gags that you see that are like very traditional haunted house Halloween gags in, uh, throughout a lot of shows. Um, it's often a lot of people's favorite attraction. Sounds like we've got chainsaws on the menu tonight. All right. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. Thank you again to the 13th Floor Entertainment Group on a wonderful Q&A and an awesome night at the old Juliet Haunted Prison. I definitely recommend checking them out this October. And without further ado, here is the moment you have all been waiting for since the start of the episode. The interview with the man himself, the Zombie Army Productions King, John LaFlamboy. to welcome an extraordinary person to the show. It's a privilege and an honor to have the owner and operator of Hell's Gate Haunted House. He formerly was in charge of running the operation over at Statesville for many years as well. Both haunts have won numerous awards to go with the many plaques that he has on his own personal wall, including but not limited to him graduating the Hague School for the Arts in Utrecht. Did I say that correctly? You got that? Yeah, Utrecht, Holland. Okay, and uh, the theater at uh, the Southern Illinois University as well. Uh, he was nominated for a non-equity Joseph Jefferson Award for Artistic Specialization in 2019, and he is one of the most eccentric personalities and minds in all of the haunt industry. <laughs> Welcome to the Voodoo Podcast, producer, actor, director, and haunter, John LaFlamboy. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for the absolutely. intro. Eccentric. I like that. I like eccentric. Absolutely. Yeah, remember yeah. that? Remember that? <laughs> usually, usually just called weird, but I'll take eccentric. <laughs> I figured it was a little nicer to to go with eccentric. <laughs> Are you uh, recovering from Midwest Haunters Convention? And then, of course, you guys had that big Hell's Gate garage sale. Oh yeah, I mean, well, around here, Zombie Army, you don't get a minute. Like, you take a deep breath, you move forward. Uh, so we were right back at it uh, as soon as MHC was over. We rolled right into the garage sale, which was like producing an event it really was it had a pre-production period 
all the, you know, it's not a build out, but it's taking all of your build people and setting it up nice and displaying it all for all the happy customers. Uh, and then we got rolled. I mean, we had like over 200 people waiting in line hours before we opened on our first day. Uh, oh, so it was, it was pretty, it was pretty successful by all measures. We, uh, we sold about 60% of everything we were selling in the first 90 minutes. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, no, the, the uh, <laughs> Hell's Gate spooky garage sale was a hit. Uh, yeah. And that's great because it, it lets me keep doing it. You know, and yeah. I'm a big fan of recycle, reuse. Uh, you know, I'm a theater kid at heart, so I've been using garbage forever. Uh, so I like the idea of putting things right back into the system, you know, right into other people's hands. And what was so nice about the spooky garage sale is so many of the people that came were home haunters. You know, yeah. just looking for fun materials to turn into something else. Uh, so that spooky garage sale is too much fun. We had a blast. We, we loved hanging out with people. We loved talking to them about how they were going to take this thing we had at Statesville and they're going to turn it into this, you know, at their home or their haunted house. Uh, so we'll be doing that again for sure. And yeah, we did that. And then boom, we're right back at it. Uh, there, there's, no, there's no rest over here. It is straight on through till Jesus. December. I think December. Wow. We'll take a break. December 7th, it feels like. Oof. Man, but. I can't even think that far ahead. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> for for some people that don't know or, or have not seen Days of the Living Dead, uh, your background is kind of in theater. Uh, but where did the Halloween aspect come into play? Because it's not necessarily just a one-to-one -one jump from just acting to haunt acting. So where did your love for Halloween begin? I mean, I think it came, you know, like everybody's love for Halloween. You know, it started as a kid playing dress up, playing make believe, uh, trick or treating. You know, like I, I grew up on the south side and southwest side of Chicago. So, you know, it was very much those those neighborhoods of going door to door, you know, and the neighborhoods are all decorated. Um, I love those days. Halloween was like my favorite holiday growing up as a kid. So. So then, of course, you know, as you get a little older, you start looking at those those park district haunted houses. You know, and, and, you know, I was the weird little eight year old, you know, going by myself uh, <laughs> to the park district haunted house because I thought it was just so neat uh, what they created. You know, and it, and it wasn't even about the scare for me. It was about that going into another world. You know, it was about going into this creative world that they've all, you know, using wrestling mats, you know, to use as walls and. It was just, it, it was fun. I think, yeah, I think it was what the Scottsdale Park District on the south side of Chicago was like maybe my first one. Um, and then for those enthusiasts out there, um, the uh, Indiana Beach Amusement Park has the okay. Castle Haunted House. It's been there since like the 60s. Um, and, I, and I'd gone to that on a couple of vacations because camping was about as far as we would get vacationing as a kid. We Kind of grew up poor, so camping was it. Uh, but that old school haunted house, I remember going through that. And for the first time I really got scared in a haunted house was in that castle haunted house at Indiana Beach where they did this thing where the floor dropped when you're looking over the balcony. And I remember like seven, eight years old. And yeah, I leaned, I had the courage to lean over the railing and look down into Frankenstein's lab. And it was just a counterbalance. It just did a little drop. But I remember mm -hmm. like my heart sank, my heart stopped. I almost puked, you know, and I backed away like, you know, cat jumping out of a bathtub. And my stepdad was laughing at me 
but I wasn't scared as much as I was amazed. Like I was so amazed that they tricked me, you know, that they, they lured me out there on the ledge with lights and sound and something to look at to get that scare. Like that's, I think the hook was right there, you know, and in that moment, in that, that little amusement park haunted house to see everything they built to, to trick me to come out to that area so they could scare me. Um, as a kid, I was like, oh man, that's great. Uh, <laughs> and I think from that moment on, like I really love the, the crafting of a scare, you know, whether that's with a yeah. story or with building something up. I think it got in my head right around that, you know, seven, eight years old, that you could craft these things to get these really great payoff scares. I, I'm trying to think of where you've used kind of that effect in either what, Statesville or Hell's Gate or, but I mean, obviously through watching Days of the Living Dead and then also coming to see the productions themselves, you do get to see a lot of the tricks and stuff that you guys, like you're saying, you devote the time to to craft right. that scare. But you guys have also created this culture with your team and your actors that has kind of redefined the haunt industry and made these characters like larger than life, which is, I feel something different from what like haunted houses decades ago were like even striving for. So what sure. is the difference for you between your start in the haunt industry, or even when you were going to these Indiana beach haunted houses to now uh, in the haunt world, what, what's like the biggest, show? other than of course the scene yeah. from Statesville to Hell's Gate. Yeah. You know, I mean, I did, you know, of course I was that kid that did haunted houses in my friend's basement. Um, I did a haunted house in the church basement. You know, I was like, wherever I could find a flat piece of ground, I did a haunted house. As a kid. <laughs> um, but it was very much like the haunted houses I'd seen growing up. Collage haunted houses, right? Not much of a story, just one scene after another scene. You're going for a scare, right? And, and it wasn't really until I went to school out in Europe. You know, I studied movement and theater making uh, at the hog school and and somewhere in there, I started really falling in love with world building, you know, and, and how simple it was to, to, to change worlds, you know, create worlds. And it was one of the things we studied a lot over there was taking any space and, and changing the world with lights, sound, fabrics, furniture, you know, and, and a tiny bit of a story seed. Right. Uh, so it started there, but it was really Statesville, <clears throat> you know, it was really Statesville where I got to like, okay. I'm doing this thing that's a prison, <clears throat> but that just seems so goddamn boring um, on the onset. Like, I remember, like, <laughs> of course, it was an undeniable concept. Uh, Paul Siegel, uh, the owner over there, uh, you know, he had grown up with prisoners escaping the actual prison, Stateville Prison. It's right down the block. Um, and the prisoners would really hide in his cornfield. Like, that's some real scary stuff. Um, so you could not turn your back on the concept, you know? So the concept was, and it was one of those things where as much as it just seemed a little boring to me, I figured all I needed to do is create the right story inside of that structure, you know, and I could start world building. And so right away it was that, you know, it was 1998. Um, I didn't want to do a haunted house like I had seen before. I did not want to do, you know, what I call the collage haunted houses. I didn't want to do the the museum walkthroughs that were very, very popular in the 90s where the customers were always in a black hallway and there was always a half wall and the scene was on the other side of the half wall. 
Gotcha. So yeah. you were you were inherently safe because you were always on the other side of a half wall, right? Sometimes yeah. a, an actor would lean forward over the half wall. I hated that. Um, so when I went to Statesville, the idea was kick down all the half walls. Um, there are no safe places uh, for these customers. Uh, it is about putting your audience inside the world and make it visceral. Uh, make them touch things. Make them find the doors out. Uh, and, 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 and if you put them in that world, then you have to take that next leap, right? And you have to put who lives in that world that these customers are now encountering. You know, it could not be just the butcher scene on the other side yeah. of the half wall. And the guy yells as he's fake cutting meat. Uh, uh, yeah. Why get out of bed? Why get out of bed? Right. Um, yeah. So, so it really then became this kind of like exciting adventure of like, okay, we're creating this world. Now we got to create these people, you know, and because I've got the background in theater, you know, no one does a play about a place and no characters um, because that's boring. Um, no one is going to a theater to, to stare at a field <laughs> or a just forest the scenery. Yeah. just to see the scenery <laughs> yeah. and experience it. Like you love it because of the journey the, the characters are taking. And, and as human beings, uh, we empathize, you know, with some characters, we fear other characters, we hate the bad guys, we cheer the good guys, like, it's the human condition that we need to make that connection. Um, so of course, you know, it's like you're building the world, the character is a very important part of that world, you can't just build a room, it's just a room. Um, right. It's all about that character and that those actors. So Statesville is a real slow kind of you know, I, I experimented. I started out. I, my first character was this demon that came from the underworld uh, that was imprisoned underneath Statesville. And, and it's that demon that broke out that caused the great escape and all the prison guards fled. I was very particular. I never wanted to see a prison guard injured, you know, because these this is prison city, right? Like these are our, our neighbors work in prisons here. So yeah, I never true. wanted to yeah. glorify anyone hurting a prison guard. Uh, so it really was about my storyline was I needed all the prison guards to escape. That was gotcha. the first thing I needed was I needed all of them to get out of the building because I didn't want to glorify hurting them. That's uh, the only PG it, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. and then it was really about what these prisoners decided to do once they took over the prison, you know, and creating all those storylines. And, 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 you know, I found as I created these dynamic characters, then there's all these other side relationships happening, too. You know, and the actors just naturally have backstory with each other. Uh, and and I, I went ham with it. And Statesville was kind of like my my learning ground. And and we took that big leap to creating our icons online, you know, which was like early 2000s. No one was doing that at the time. There were no, I think maybe Ben Armstrong was doing it. You know, Ben's always been at the forefront as well down in, down in Atlanta. Um but I had never seen it. Uh, and, and then I had the, the pleasure of seeing uh, the movie 13 Ghosts or 13 okay. Ghosts, yeah. yep, um, yep. Uh, Tony Shalhoub. And their DVD extras was maybe one of the most groundbreaking, influential hours of my entire creative life was back then DVD extras were new. And I yeah. remember cruising through it and every one of those ghosts had their own video, had their own biography. And I just, oh, I just fell in love with it all. Like I was swooning in love with the storytelling. And then that was it. You know, it's like I had my handful of characters already at Statesville. And once I saw those DVD extras, I'm like, 
oh, we're going all the way. We're making videos. We're doing photos. We're we're going to make full feature like trailers, like as if this is a full Hollywood film here. Every character is getting a trailer. The rooms are getting trailers. And then we just went full nuts on creating those characters in those worlds. Yeah, I, I have to say back when when Statesville was running, I it was it got to a point where there was so much foot traffic, though. My only my only complaint with it was that, you know, you're seeing kind of what happens in front of you. But then when I, I saw all the Days of the Living Dead videos, it's the, you know, first, middle, last that you guys always preach is uh-huh. to scare the first of the group, the middle of the group, and then the last. And then, you know, changing it up, that's something we incorporate in our haunt is, you know, if we've got somebody that we know has gone through before, you know, change it, change it up and 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 be creative and improvise and stuff like that. So you would think like, oh, you're going through in this big snake of a line because it's so popular of an attraction at this point that the foot traffic is just crazy but yet you're still getting a good experience out of it you're still getting a good scare and then of course honestly i think at this point sometimes the line is my favorite part so you know all the creativity yeah. the line actors are doing it is just you know fun to watch so sometimes it's like i don't want to do the vip ticket i just want to do the regular <laughs> and wait in line and see the whole rest of the show too but of course you know you guys aren't doing statesville anymore i've heard that seagulls cottonwood pumpkin farm where you held statesville wanted to go kind of in a different direction with the farm opening their venue up to other things throughout the year is that true are they what kind of other events are they hosting now what direction did they want to go you know i, I they have a big wedding barn there uh, and i think that was kind of a big push for them into the future you know it's the next generation of farmers are taking over now you know so when i went there you know way back in 1998 you know, Paul Siegel and his wife, Sue, you know, they're the ones who brought me on and, and, and uh, you know, created this little world, this little zombie army, Siegel family, you know, hybrid over there. Um, but now it's like Katie Siegel, you know, the next, you know, their kids are now running the the wedding barn and the fall festival. I mean, Paul and Sue are still very much running things over there, but you just kind of, of course, this is what happens. Time passes and you move on to new adventures. And and so I think they were just kind of looking for what their future was right as we were starting to, you know, feel that we wanted to focus our attention at Hell's Gate. You know, to be honest, uh, we had done Statesville for 23 years. Um, we've told that story for over two decades. Uh, so there also was this hunger on our side um, to have our one location, you know, to ha- not be on someone else's property, have our one location where we could just shoot for the goddamn moon, Uh, light the world on fire. Um, So it it was a mix of that. You know, they were going in their direction and and we were feeling a need uh, for us to also go in a different direction. And, you know, what I've always said is, you know, all things end. Uh, And Statesville came to kind of a wonderful end where we all got to know that it was our end. We all got to see our end coming uh, and we all got to celebrate that with our with our audience. Um, you know, and, and I just, I couldn't imagine a better way for that show to conclude, uh, like it did that year. It it was kind of magical. You know, we had all of our old veteran actors from the 20 plus years come guest act, you know, we really got to celebrate it all. I mean, it was a madhouse with audience members. So that was tough. Uh, but you know, it's the final year. People are going to come out and, and, and we just tried to enjoy every bit of it. Um, because, you know, it came to its natural conclusion, you know, it's time was done. Uh, and, and we're okay with that. You know, a lot of people 
think it's all bittersweet. And it's like, no, man, we had a great run over there. We couldn't ask for a better run over there. Uh, and it really is about what's next. Um, and I think that's very exciting, you know, as, as an artist, as a storyteller, as a producer, as a director, hell, as an actor, you know, to, to have this whole new world, uh, to get to create new characters, and new monsters, and new rooms, and new storylines. Like, it's, it's fun to kind of, yeah, break that new world open. Yeah. Oh, definitely. As long as the Seagulls aren't hosting any uh, prisoners in their field these days, or uh, I mean, maybe they'll do the, the a wedding for one of the haunt actors, and then you guys can just all just absolutely uh, possible go back yeah. in character and re recreate the whole scene. But I now think that Sue you guys... Siegel said she wanted to get a giraffe, so I'm pretty excited about that. I wow, really hope okay. they get they get a giraffe. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. That that is pretty cool. One of the uh, pumpkin farms up here, it's. Um, it's not Bankston's. I used to go to Bankston's all the time. Gobert's oh, yeah. has a giraffe. Okay. And uh, nice. you get to yeah. feed the giraffe, which is pretty cool. Man, you know? I love giraffe. I'm, I always got to wonder how, how they brave the Illinois weather, though. You know, you got to definitely. I guess they're transform. pretty hardy. I guess they're a lot hardier than I knew when it comes to weather. I asked the same question. Like, no, nah, man, these things are great. As long as they got in, indoor hay. We'll all right, see. so you heard it here we'll first. Hell's Gate's going to be getting in a draft soon. Uh, he's oh, going to be a great. tall, scary draft. <laughs> 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 now that you are running Hell's Gate and solely Hell's Gate, not both Statesville and Hell's Gate, we've seen, of course, the parking lot move from the train station and expand into a much wider lot. A lot of the Statesville actors move and become one with the darkness. Uh, the yep. key to unlock a free visit is no longer in a room, hint, hint. But uh, what are some of the changes that people don't really see from the outside and that are just for you and the team, of course, you know, transporting everything, but sure days. I mean, it, it, well, I mean, one of the things like, I, I don't know how, you know, people see this or notice this, but there's this really great thing that's happening. It's very natural and organic. And we're, we're honestly still feeling our way through it. Now there's a certain energy that is Statesville. There's certain raw, dirty, aggressive energy. Right. And then Hell's Gate has this very creepy hairs on the back of your neck, magical, dark kind of wonderland. Right. And and it was fun because like for the first week last year, you saw them as two different groups. And then it like eventually they kind of merged and it was great. You couldn't tell who is Statesville, who is Hell's Gate anymore. Um, but I could tell by how the rooms were being used. I mean, these Statesville kids, man, they'll break everything. <laughs> um, they are they are destructive. So like, uh, I have to design the rooms a little different. You know, we got this kind of raw energy here now, and I'm really really keen on it. I love it. Um, so there's just a difference in how we are designing some of our interiors of the rooms uh, with scares for one to really enable the actor. I mean, I'm always very actor first over here, empower the actor. So we're doing a lot of that. Um, and then, of course, expanding. You know, I'm always expanding. I've I've always tried to give the audience, you know, it used to be 30 to 33% every year when we were doing Statesville and City of the Dead. Hell's Gate is so much bigger uh, that you just cannot do 33%. It's just such a giant footprint. I mean, yeah, for those of you who don't understand, like Hell's Gate is a 45 to 50-minute walkthrough now. Um, it is massive. Uh, and just the house that is Hell's Gate, was as big as Statesville and City of the Dead combined. That's just a house. Uh, and you still have a whole 12 to 15 minute outdoor adventure before you get to the house. So all that being said, I'm not at my 33% that I used to be. 
Um, but Statesville is much smaller, so it's easier. Here, we're doing more like 20 to 25% every year. Uh, this year, I'm building an entire cabin out in the woods. Um, and I mean an entire goddamn cabin. Um, chimney, fireplace, wraparound porch. Uh, and for me, it's an opportunity to kind of pay respect uh, to my influences. Um, and Evil Dead and Sam Raimi yes. is, is one of my <laughs> core influences. I mean, if you've ever come to a John LaFlamboy show, uh, you know that I like playing that comedy, that gross out, that ridiculousness. <laughs> we don't take ourselves as seriously as some might. We like playing in that, that little campy lane sometimes. Um, and so that Evil Dead movie was a huge influence early in my career. Uh, it's what got me to want to be a filmmaker, uh, to be honest. Um, and so I'm building at least the cabin to to represent wow. the Evil Dead cabin. Uh, it is a the front of it is an exact replica, the chimney, the interior. Um, but then we're uh, we're taking that and then we're going to hell take the shit out of it. Uh, so it's not like you're going to walk through going, oh, my God, there's deadites everywhere. And there's ash. <laughs> there won't be that at all. No, uh, yeah. because you you know me, I don't do movies, but I can pay respect to right, movies yeah. that influence me. Um, you know, City of the Dead was full of Goonies Easter eggs everywhere because uh, yeah, Goonies okay, is one of my true. favorite movies. Um, yeah. So like I'm always I'm always having fun because uh, you know if you're not doing this and having fun, don't do this. Uh, so that's my big one is the big cabin, and I went way too goddamn far. I mean, I built the whole cabin in the middle of the woods. Um, it's it's a bit much. Uh, and that's where we've been all day today, uh, installing the pneumatic props. You know, it's got tons of pneumatics in it and lights effects, and it's pretty cool. Um, so I'm real excited about that. And if you know the trail at all, it's in the second half before you get to the graveyard. So you'll be going through this okay. cabin. And when you come out the back porch of the cabin is the reveal for the graveyard. So the cabin ah, is where the, all okay. the grave diggers, the cabin is where all the grave diggers uh, live. Yeah, uh, where where they where they stay to do their job, um, and shit has gone horribly wrong, of course. Uh, so now they're using the cabin as kind of like a fortress to defend themselves from the attacking zombies. Somebody must have so, read the Necronomicon. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Wow. I'm doing a bunch of a bunch of changes interior of that graveyard. Just changing the path. We love playing in the outsides. Um, doing some stuff on the entrance trail as well. Because uh, we can't stop ourselves. We love playing outside. Um, you know, it's one of the things. It's it's It took me 10 years to find the first piece of land for Hell's Gate. Uh, 10 years I went out with real estate agents every year. Because the grounds weren't perfect. Uh, now that we got it, I like to really wow. make sure we take advantage of it and play out there. Uh, then inside, of course, there's going to be changes throughout. You know, it's, it's um, kind of fine-tuning and adjusting more than anything inside right now. Um, because we're going so heavy outside. Wow. Holy cow. I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, my next question was, do these changes sort of spill over into your life? But obviously that's a yes. And I'm just thinking all these people that have come with me, I I think I had mentioned to you that this past year, I think I made it out to Hell's Gate four times. I was planning oh, oh. on two, and then the other two times just kind of happened because I was with people that – we had gone to either Midnight Terror or we were up the block at Old Joliet. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is great. I'm like, you know, compared to Hell's Gate. And they're like, Hell's Gate? I'm like, oh, my God, you haven't been to Hell's Gate. We're going right now. <laughs> so, the, like I said, the last two times were kind of accidents. But um, 
wow, I'm just picturing because those people that I've taken through that that path, they're like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. so like that wasn't too bad. It was all outside. I was like, no, no, you see that giant haunted house yeah, that looks like it's yeah, straight you, out of a you movie. Haven't made, yeah, you haven't made we're it yet. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not even halfway done. Like, yeah. So I love when people finish the path and they're like, oh, thank God, it's over. I'm like, over? You haven't <laughs> even made it to the front door yet. Like that yeah. was an appetizer. That was just yeah. to get your heart beating. Like now you got to <laughs> go in the building. <laughs> I think the perfect part of it too is that at the very end of that trail path kind of is you, you have the chainsaws and everybody expects uh -huh. the chainsaws to just be at the end. And then you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, all right, well, I guess we go home now. And it's like, well, not really. because yeah. No, we use know. chainsaws as a motivator here. We <laughs> need to get you from point A to point B and we don't want any lollygallion. So we hit that <laughs> chainsaw and you move your ass so we can keep our flow going. <laughs> Oh my, but as far as changes as, you know, you becoming this kind of important figure in the haunt world with hosting panels and seminars and even teaching classes at MHC and Transworld, how has, how has your life changed that way over the years, over the many years? Oh, geez. Oh God. Um, you know, a lot of that I never saw coming, right? I mean, how could you? Uh, when I started doing haunted houses, I didn't go to many haunted houses, you know, like, like I said, we grew up kind of poor. So we didn't get to spend money and go to haunted houses or any of that. I didn't know anything about the haunted house world, except for the things that I had built and like the park district haunts that I saw. Um, so I, I knew nothing about conventions or any of that stuff. Uh, and honestly, I didn't start going to any of it until I was almost 10 years in the business. Wow. Um, I, I think it was like 2007, 2006, right around there is when I first actually started going to conventions. Um, you know, every once in a while I'd go to Transworld, I'd look real quick, we couldn't afford anything, so I'd leave. Um, it just wasn't our cup of tea. We were, we were poor ass theater kids making shit out of garbage and Farmer Paul had this amazing trash field of old, you know, scrap metal and stuff that we'd turn into stuff. We were not a props heavy, Statesville was not props heavy until maybe like eight years into it really. Um, like I think, yeah, 2004 is when we really started getting our big toys, 2005. Um, so like this whole, suddenly I'm teaching, suddenly I'm speaking, suddenly I'm producing parties and helping at conventions. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I never saw any of that coming. Um, I, you know, I enjoy all of it, uh, because what's not to enjoy about the haunted house world. Uh, but it absolutely, yeah, it took me a little bit on a detour. You know, because I, I am a theater guy. I am an actor. Um, and it made me stop acting for a while. It made me stop auditioning for a while because this industry can get, you know, all encompassing for sure. I mean, especially once you start going to a lot of conventions, it feels like you're in and out of town, in and out of town, in and out of town. Um, so it did, it did distract me a little bit, you know, from some of the other things I want to do, like make movies and, you know, theater. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I kind of put my energy into the haunted house thing and now the haunted house things are going so well that allows me to do more theater and more film now. So all of it really works hand in hand. Uh, all of it's really kind of come together in a nice package. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was kind of figuring out, you know, what to give more attention to, what to give more energy to, uh, because, I am a little crazy like that. Uh, there are many things that I'm very passionate about. I want to do all of them all of the time. Uh, and there's just not that many hours of the day. 
Yeah, you could, especially for you, you could say that again. I'm, I, uh, I know for me, this was my first time at a convention at Midwest Haunters. And we're not 100% sure if we're going to be opening up this season due to, you know, we do it out of my house. So, you know, the space and the time and all the restrictions that come with it. But then when I went to the convention, I'm like, uh, like you said, I'm kind of dragged back in, kind of like, okay, uh -huh. we kind of have to do this. But everything I like to do in life, I like to be efficient. So when it comes to Voodoo on Vassar, our, our haunted house, our home haunt, uh, we mm. use the wood materials that we then turn around and use to build an ice rink in the backyard for the winter. And then it nice. becomes a batting cage and a commentator's stand for <laughs> our big annual roller hockey game that, you know, is at the park district uh, outside court. Uh, and we just had it this past weekend uh, nice. that that all comes in the summer. So you have that legacy paintball park right next to Hell's Gate, mm -hmm. which I've been to. That was actually my first time paintballing. I got some uh, community vibes because I watched the show Community and I just love it. But uh, <laughs> you ever do you now share materials from the paintball park like you would with uh, the Seagulls oh, yeah. to, to build a haunted house yeah. or vice versa? Well, I mean, it's 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 I mean, it's a lot easier now because I own the paintball park like I own the haunted house. Right. Um, so. You know, it's much easier when you own both businesses 100%. Yeah. Um, because now I could be, I could be designing two, three years in the future. You know, I could be coordinating what I'm designing over there because I love, you know, I'm not a paintballer. I'm not. I, I play. It's fun. I enjoy it. Um, but what I enjoy more is building the worlds for them to play in. And it is. Yeah, and it is very similar to building worlds for haunted houses or for movies or anything else. Um, you know, and 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 it is still that that kind of like kid like uh, play of creating these worlds for people to play in because that's all they're doing. Um, so it's fun to kind of balance our build schedule with. Okay, we're gonna go over to Carnage and we're gonna load the Statesville bus in and build a new prison in carnage because we have all these materials and then we're going to head over to hell's gate and we're going to work out on the new cabin because i still have all the city of the dead lumber to get rid of um so and, and one of the fun things here is just i have so many places to send materials now and we love i mean we are big recycle reuse i mean if we drive by and someone's throwing away their wooden fence on the side of the road you bet your ass we're picking it up and bringing it here because <laughs> uh, that's good aged wood, you know, and then we could use it somewhere. Um, so it's fun having all that. I mean, I've got seven maps, seven fields over at the PayPal park, you know, and then I've got the outdoor and indoor world here. Um, so it gives me all sorts of different canvases to play on and create. Uh, and yeah, we share everything, you know, we share vehicles, which makes it cheaper. You know, my, my overhead's much cheaper having two businesses side by side. Because we're sharing machines, sharing trucks, sharing staff. You know, if I need a bunch of labor, I could bring paintball people over to the haunted house and vice versa. If I need to send haunted house people over to paintball. And the greatest thing about paintball is that it allows me to keep a lot of my crew employed year round, which is a really That's tough thing to do in the haunted house world. It really is. Uh, but we're trying to evolve into this position where we have a small team that's working year round, building haunted house stuff building paintball stuff, working at the park, but all on this property out in the middle of the woods, 66 acres. Uh, you know, if, we, if you can wake up every day and come work here uh, and that's your life doing this, at least 13 year old John is like, yeah, that's, that's a good life. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm excited about, you know, this is the first year without Statesville. Um, although we didn't do the show last October, we were still on that property, taking it down for six months. 
Um, so now it's nice to have the time just on this property and start to see, you know, what this new world really looks like. You're still an extremely busy guy with running only the one haunt, but then also like you just mentioned the paintball park, but have you given any thought to going back to having two separate haunts? There seems to be like this trend where places like 13th floor, they also have old Joliet haunted prison sure. and then basement of the dead has Disturbia. Any thought mm -hmm. to, to, yeah, we start we started the trend. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've had two haunted houses since 1999. Uh, honestly, 1998 Statesville, 1999 i started my second one uh and we were always a two haunted house business uh and a lot of that was always to keep my crew working you know it's really hard to keep the same crew when you only have you know 12 weeks of build and then you're five weeks of run um so a lot of that was always economical you know to keep your crew working uh to have the buying power of two places uh and then also to have the creative power uh, to be like, all right, I get to do this hardcore rock show here. And over here, I get to do this different show. All of that is great. Um, but now we've got a seven field adventure park that keeps us very busy. And, and we love it. We have fun here. Um, we have the largest haunted house complex, I believe, in Illinois uh, at this point between our midway, our trails, uh, and our house. Um and we have everyone at one location having fun. And, and I've been doing this long, long enough to know that the having fun is, in fact, more important than more money. Um, so I'm, I'm in no interest to do a money grab. And I know I could start Statesville again somewhere else any minute. I know I can. I've got the materials and trailers and yeah. storage right now. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I know I would have a lot of fun designing it and building it and doing that. Uh, but for now, um, I really like the idea that we're all at one location uh, because now we're also dabbling a lot more in, in filmmaking, um, horror, horror movie, you know, making horror movies, uh, nice. making feature films. I made a feature film out here a year and a half ago. That movie right now is doing the film festivals and doing very well. Um, so I'm kind of really digging the one location right now. Um, okay. Statesville is something I, I may do in the future. If the right circumstance shows itself, the right location on the right piece of real estate for the right price, um, but it'd have to be something very long-term. I have no interest in short-term projects. Uh, yeah. So we can do it. We might do it, but we don't have to do it. And to be honest, once we brought everybody here, all the customers came too. Uh, so we're doing you know, more customers than we can stand uh, we don't need a second location to do more customers. Uh, they're all coming to see the show here, which is, I'm thrilled. I have a blast, you know, and I love seeing everybody. You know, I, I love that my brother Kyle works here now instead of over the bridge at a different location. Mm -hmm. I love that Chunks, you know, who's worked with us since he was like 14, you know, he's my right-hand guy now here, helping me with acting coaching and stuff. Like, I love seeing those people that, that grew up, you know, you know, cutting their teeth at Statesville, uh, now being, you know, top managers over here. Um, it's fun, you know, and, and, and I'm leaning into the fun part right now. Um, yeah. I've been expanding for 23 goddamn years of my life. <laughs> uh, I'd like a minute where I just kind of, let's do this for a couple of years before we make a decision on another haunted house. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Well, how is the dynamic with having old Joliet prison up the road? Because you've always had a prison haunted house up the road, sure. but before it was the one that you own. So now yeah. I don't want to call it competition because of how opening and welcoming the haunt industry typically is, but by nature, it's a business competitor. So what's your relationship sure. with them? And um, now that especially they're on their feet as well. Sure. Um, yeah, no, I mean, we, we're, we're friends with them. You know, and and like we're friends with most people that do haunted houses. Um, This one is much closer than I would prefer a haunted house to be, of course. But the building, you know, it's not like that building is available somewhere else. Um, So totally understand it. Um, I think we do two radically different shows. Um, and, And that has always been what I've told my cast and my crew. We've invested in a type of show that is a zombie army show that frankly, no one else has invested in. You know, no one else does a zombie army show out there. Um, yeah. People do great shows out there, you know, and it's not a knock on anyone's show. I love going to see everyone's shows, but we do something that's unique. Um, and, and so I tell my kids every year, um, we are not competing with the Joliet prison. We are not competing with Disturbia or Basement of the Dead or Evil Intentions. Uh, the only competition we have is ourselves from last year. And the goal is always to be better today than we were yesterday. Uh, And if we maintain that path, um, then I don't care. Um, As long as they're doing a good show, you know, because that's the thing, that is the one thing. If they're doing a good show, then it's good for everybody. Right. Uh, Especially 13th floor, man. They spend a lot of money in marketing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and that's marketing telling everybody in the industry, everybody in the general public, it's time to go to a haunted house. It doesn't right. mean they're going to go to that haunted house. I know that my radio commercials might lead someone to someone else's haunted house. I know that. Um, yeah. Just like everybody's will. Um, but at the end of the day, it really is about staying focused on your show. If they're doing a good show, then great. Um, if they're doing a terrible show, then that's no good for anybody. Yeah, Because really bad shows stop people from going to haunted houses. If someone goes to a really bad show um, that's unsafe, you know, it's dangerous or vulgar, racist or sexist, like, or just, or just bad, just they didn't put any effort into it. Then that customer feels like they got ripped off and they might not take the chance on your $35 ticket. Right. Mm -hmm. But if they go down the block here to the prison and they have a good time, then they're going to want to have another good time. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I'm okay with that. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we have a great relationship. They came and bought stuff at my spooky garage sale. Um, nice. <laughs> so we're, we're all very much friends. Um, and like I said, I don't mind other shows uh, around the Chicagoland area that are good shows. Um, yeah. I do mind when they're dangerous. I do mind when they don't take uh, public safety into effect uh, because that's something that will and does affect everybody. Um, and and at the same time, like I know I'm not doing their show and I know they're not doing my show. Just like Basement, just like Disturbia, everyone's doing their own type of show. It's their own DNA. Um, so we're just gonna continue doing our show. And, and it's it has worked for 23, 24, oh hell man. Yeah, 24 <laughs> plus years now. Um, it has worked for a goddamn long time. Uh, and, and so we're gonna keep that path, right? Um, just be better today than we were yesterday and let the audience do what the audience does. 
that's a really good way to think about it too. And uh, that's something I think I'll, I'll be passing on to my crew. I think it's kind of already the, um, not, I don't want to say the given, but I think that's already kind of the mentality for us, even as just a home haunt. But of course we preach safety and we have those ones that those few actors that want to take it a step too far. And we're like, you have yep. to tone it down here or just like you said, actors that are breaking stuff. It's like, dude, like we're not a professional haunted house. So that mini fridge in the garage. Yeah. We kind of yeah. use that the other 11 months. We can't year. afford that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, yeah. please don't break it apart. <laughs> but um, I went to Navy fear back in the day before your crew had the, the tragedy of the, the ship going under and having to pull props out of Lake Michigan. And yeah. I know that was a tough setback, but even more mysterious and still on the topic of, of hell's gate and a tougher uh, incident was the one that came up when you were excavating Hell's Gate. There's yeah. a lot of speculation and comments about what that actually was. Are you able to talk about it now? I am not. Still no. Okay. I knew I, I had to push the Sorry. envelope a little bit, but yeah. no, that's fine. That's fine. Leave it, leave everybody in suspense. People no, can dig good. out there if they want. They can do freedom of information acts, but I, I myself <laughs> cannot say it out loud and certainly not in on a recorded platform. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I, uh, it it leads it it leads to the mystery of it too, which which is great. And uh, well, they, like, and this whole property back here, like we've done some research. Like yeah. we call it Murder Road, uh, because we always felt like driving down that dark ass crazy road to get to Hell's Gate felt like you were going to get murdered. And yeah. then we looked into the history, and oh. there's actually been a lot of people murdered on this road. Nice. We're, found them beheaded tied to trees oh boy <laughs> yeah, yeah so like this property back here man it is super sketch um oh yeah i sleep here a lot uh and i tell you what if i go outside at night to get some air like yeah, yeah. i mean my ears are perked my head is on a swivel uh it's it's spooky back here um with nothing going on it is spooky um and it's got history back here too man I said eccentric. I may I may have to change it to weird now because because, of that. <laughs> because I'll I tell lead, you what I lead with weird. <laughs> when, when my garage is all set up, I don't even like going in my own garage or let alone like, you know, when it's dark and I'm downstairs. Nope. If something's in the garage, that garage inner garage door is getting locked. I'm telling you right uh, now. Yeah, I got a I got a bed right in my armoire there. <laughs> Folds right oh out. Well, I, I mean sleep you right were... here in my office and it's good because like I could work with the crew all day. Crew goes home. I could design all night. You know, yeah. I could write more storyline. I could design a character. I could just walk through the rooms and let inspiration hit me when I don't have eight people on the clock. Uh, because yeah. when you got eight people on the clock, every minute is urgent. Right. Um, so I, I like to take that second half of the day uh, and sleep here and really just be in the space. Yeah. And, and you did say that. I mean, it took you a while to find the actual perfect grounds you were very picky about so i mean yeah. for for you to we, like I, we we were talking about the the bus road going in murder being murder road we didn't even, even touched upon that that's you you talked about the the outdoor walk being the appetizer it's kind of even the bus ride is the appetizer People love then, the bus ride then the, then the line <laughs> is like you know the hors d'oeuvres and then yeah whatever it's like a 10 yeah. course meal but, I love uh, reading reviews of people raving about the bus ride. They really love it. I'm like, this is so awesome. <laughs> that, I can't tell you how many of those bus rides I've been on. And at a certain point when you're on that road, they flip the light off, the interior light off on the bus. And everybody's just uh -huh. like, ooh. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's where the fun begins right then and there. <laughs> but um, what I did 
want want to actually know, and I know you can probably talk about this one, is the actual history of Hell's Gate Haunted House. Because yes. another way you have innovated the haunt industry is having a story built into your haunt. We talked about that. It enriches the experience more so than just the typical Halloween tropes that you see at haunted houses. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, one room just doesn't connect to the next. Um, right. I think you were reading off of my question list or your psychic, but I, you know, that was what I had in here. But with Hell's Gate, you even have a couple of those historical stories on your website. Mm-hmm. I almost don't want this question answered, but for, you know, the, the information, what of that story is true and what is more realistic fiction of these stories that's just there to fit the theatrical part of the Hell's Gate show? Sure. Uh, the story is too long and winding for me to break out every little piece. No, no. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of it is based on historical fact. Wow. Uh, and, and then there's the the play inside of that. Okay. Um, so there, 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 there's a lot of foundation in, 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 in actual history. And then it's, you know, kind of weaved together with lots of storytelling. Nice. Okay. I like that. So it, a little bit of leaves- both. Still leaves that that mystery to it too, which I'm so glad that that you did it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is fake, and this is no, no, no. A yeah, lot yeah. of it is, I, and I like being inspired by. I mean, real life is somewhat horrific, uh, yeah. and, and I like taking my inspirations from that. Um, not so far as like celebrating real life murderers, uh, no, which but... I don't do. You know, that's something I refuse to do. Right. Um, but taking, you know, life is hard. Life is painful, uh, and and tragedy uh, could turn into horror, uh, and, and so I like playing in that that world. You know, taking that as my foundation and growing out of that. Yeah, and and with those stories, I think when people read them, they can kind of you you definitely do that in those stories where you're not you know glorifying any of it, but you're you're taking that history and you're you're putting it out there. And I think people, even when I read it, you can interpret what's more so the real parts. And and kind of even come up with your own story to it and, and your own, like I said, interpretation. But then, of course, there are some parts that when you go to the actual show, you're like, OK, yeah, this is more just the, the theatrical part of it. So mm-hmm. I think uh, everybody everybody can kind of fend for themselves when it comes to that, literally yeah, and yeah. figuratively, because then you're fending <laughs> for yourself walking through. But um a, a big topic in the Chicago haunt builders world and even just the home haunting world is that we don't often get a chance to go out and see other displays because we're in charge of running our own. Sure. I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but with ours, we really only do the last two weeks of October. We're building the entire time and it's with actors. It's, you know, we're not, of course, a big giant production. So it's hard to get everybody here all the time. So we take September, this past year we took August to build, but September and then the beginning part of October, we're trying to be done with building but we're not open yet because we like to go out and visit everything um so right you know do you get to go out and see other displays whether they may be home haunts or haunted houses during the season or even some of the off-season events like the christmas haunted houses and, and oh yeah sure i mean i i love going to haunted houses um i love finding the tours you know i love i loved last year's midwest haunters tour uh, because I got to see Disturbia, Basement, Evil Intentions. I had not seen Evil Intentions' new building yet. So that was oh, so exciting yeah. for me. You know, I really enjoyed going there. Um, God, there was a fourth. Oh, Massacre. I hadn't oh, seen yes. Massacre in a few years, and I got to see Massacre, and they were doing some great new stuff, right? Uh, I love that. I'm a huge fan of going through haunted houses and seeing other pr- people's work. Um, I turn into a bit of a soccer mom when I do, though, because um, uh, I'm – 
like, of course, I'm not getting scared anymore. You know, I live in these things. Yeah. I'm, I'm pure celebration. You know, like when I see something I like, I say it out loud. When an actor does a great move or a great gag or a great anything, I love cheering them and applauding them or thanking them. Um, yeah, I'm a very happy, bouncy person going through a haunted house. You know, I, I've seen some haunters that come through a haunted house and they're like, I'm so stoic. Nothing affects me. And I'm going to make sure I don't move my face one iota because I don't want you to think that you got me. And it's like, oh, get over yourself, bitch. Um <laughs> We're all doing this for fun. Like, what's wrong with you? Uh, so I'm very ad animated as I go through. And I want the actors to know how much I appreciate it. You know, I'm an actor, you know, so I love watching actors give and go. Um, you know, Mary Kate, Mary Kate uh, used to work for us over at Statesville, uh, now works over at Massacre. And she was giving me shit in the line as a clown for like 20 minutes. I've known this woman for like a decade and a half. I had no idea it was her. Oh my gosh, it was really? Like the joy of my entire day, finding out that was her. Um, I love those moments, seeing people transform and, and entertain like that. So yes, anytime I can, I'm going to see other haunted houses. Um, I love the ones that open early. Um, you know, 13th floor always opens way before anyone else does. Um, yeah. So I love going to see them when I can in those early weeks. Nile Screen Park. I love going to see them. Um, and of all the haunts I said I saw on Midwest Honors Tour, I'd go see them or I'd see their Valentine's show or Christmas show to just stay. I want to know what they're doing. You know, I want to know what they did this year or next year. And, and, and like all haunted houses, you know, like I love being inspired. You know, like I love seeing something going, oh, shit, you know, and letting that seed start, you know, not going in and stealing ideas, but being inspired by other creative people um so I, yes it, anytime i can see a haunted house i'm going to see a haunted house uh anytime one is open i'm going to see it uh yeah uh i used to do like uh, a thursday i might take off and then go see two or three haunted houses in the area because i also think it's important for me to know what else are my customers seeing yeah you know what else is my audience That's seeing true. out there you know like i need to know that you know as i'm thinking forward next year two years five years down the line you know, what are they out there looking at? You know, I, I just want to know. I'm curious. So, yeah, yeah, very much so. I always say in this industry, I think imitation is the biggest form of flattery, too. So I don't think anything comes off to people as, you know, they're stealing this idea. I mean, if you do it an exact replica copy, then, you know, sure. okay. But, you know, if you're taking what you've learned from others and incorporating yeah. it into your own, everybody's creative style is different. We see that, especially with our home haunters and the Chicago haunt builders. And, you know, so you might see that you may see, I mean, we have builds, right? So everybody will go to meet up at somebody's house. I haven't really done any of them yet, but we have such an awesome community that, they'll supply the parts. You just buy them. They'll teach you how to make it. And then, you know, once you've learned how to build this certain prop, Oh, now the gears start turning for everything else that right. you can do with these similar motors and stuff. So you'll see the same prop at each house. That's Chicago haunt builders that you'll see, but it's, it's always incorporated differently. So yeah. it's, it's a nice, yeah. it's a nice touch, but um, you did mention acting. I, I just wanted to touch upon it briefly, but uh, you are also an actor and producer uh, acting in the mole man of Belmont Avenue. I, I haven't seen any of your work to be honest with you yet. I, I meant I, to make it a point to go and see it. And then of course you did an episode of Chicago fire. I saw a list on there and I've, I've watched Chicago fire. So I kind of 
not religiously, but I got to go back and see which episode that is. <laughs> and then I mentioned producing Days of the Living Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned the one that just came out. Uh, you didn't drop it by name, though. Is it A Good Guy with a Gun? Good, good Guy with a Gun is okay. the most recent film. Yep. Um, uh, I was a story consultant on that, you know, working with the writer on the script on that. Uh, then I turned into the executive producer. Uh, brought the entire film down here to Hell's Gate and Legacy so we could film it all here like a studio. Uh, and we used Lockport, the surrounding town, uh, to stand in for like a small town that would be really closer to like the the, the far south of Illinois is what we were going for. Uh, and then eventually it just panned out that I ended up playing uh, the detective in the movie as well uh, as an actor. So yeah, that one that one's doing very, very well. Uh, it's winning... Nice. Winning at most festivals it goes to, it's winning. Uh, and that looks like distribution will be all wrapped up real soon. We just did a little theater release at the Siskel Theater uh, in Chicago. Um, so we had a nice little run there, which uh, did very well in ticket sales. So we're, we're excited about it. It seems to be, it seems to have legs, uh, which is good. Because when you're done with it, you want it to have legs so it can keep running. Uh, right. So you could focus on something else. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, The Mole Man of Belmont Avenue, uh, that is one I co-wrote, co-directed, co-produced, and co-starred in with uh, my best friend, Mike Bradish, who is also an actor. Uh, he's out in L.A. now. Um, that one's fun. Uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance to watch The Mole Man of Belmont Avenue, that's a good time. Uh, and it's got Robert England, you know, Freddy Krueger. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's in it. He came and did it. He's a very funny man, so we gave him a comedy role. Uh, and we had, we had a good time with that and we're looking to do our next one. So yeah. And, uh, and I do lots of stage acting, you know, I just got done with doing, uh, Jeff nominated, uh, dying for it. And, uh, with the artistic home at the den theater in Chicago. And, uh, well, a couple of years ago I did Requiem for heavyweight, Ada and the engine, uh, bog of cats. So yeah, I'm doing a lot of the, I'm an ensemble member at the artistic home in Chicago. So Anytime I can get on stage uh, with my family over there, I absolutely am jumping to that. Uh, it's 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 about as much fun as I have uh, as, as a human being uh, playing awesome. on stage with other people. Really love it. Well, my homework is to go back and and check all these out and do some re- some more research. Uh, in addition to rewatching all the Evil Dead's, because uh, at this point I think I, we're we're due to see in something that Sam Raimi's <laughs> doing, right? I just my dad actually just got me two of uh, Bruce Campbell's books because we had another gentleman on the uh, podcast who's a fellow haunt builder, and his whole yard display is Evil Dead themed. So, oh, but- cool. Yeah. I am excited to see this cabin. I know I have taken so much extra of your time. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, but oh, before I you. let this you go, great. your homework, what can we expect in the future? Of course, the the cabin, but then also, you know, with, with Hell's Gate and your whole productions there. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I've already got really the next three years, two and a half years design wise figured out. Um, so, yeah, we're going big outside this year. Uh, next year we're going big again outside, uh, doing a giant mausoleum that honors all the forgotten, uh, basically what this whole place is about, right? Like the storyline is about the cemetery. So we're creating a a giant mausoleum out there, like 66 feet long, 18 (laughs) feet high, 18 feet wide. It's massive. Um, it's so big. It'll take us two full years to build it. Um, so we're starting it this year, uh, but you don't get to see it this year. Um, but that's, yeah, we're getting a little overly ambitious. Um, <laughs> then I've got another big witches, uh, house that I'm building out there, uh, that's built right into the actual 
cliff walls that we have. We have, we have, you know, you've yeah. seen it. We have actual cliff walls. So I want to build a witch's house into that uh, multi-level. That'll be fun. Maybe the chicken feet. Uh, I don't know yet. Um, and then inside, I am going crazy inside. Uh, I'm a big fan of what I found organically behind the walls with the orphans. And I really want to expand their story. I want to shoot their origin story video um, because I love shooting the black and white origin story videos here. Um, yes. So I want to tell the story of the orphans and really bring them out a little bit fuller uh, as characters and icons. Uh, and then I'm going into the twins room because I haven't really done much in the twins room in many years. And I've got this twin toy box clown carousel thing that I've had in my head designed for like 15 years and it must be real. Uh, so next year uh, I'll be getting into that. Uh, and then I want to go into the basement again and I want to expand the lab, you know, as, as the years have gone by, you know, the captain's protégés and his assistants down there, well, they've taken a turn now too. Um, so now they're experimenting on people with the darkness uh, to see, you know, what happens if they intentionally manipulate darkness uh, with humans. And, and I'm going to create a giant sewer system down there uh, with huge waterfalls. And I want to use that like a hydro power station that powers this makeshift lab that they built in the center of the sewers. Um, so I have plans. I'm glad this is all in your head because I am... <laughs> I thought I was creative. I'm just picturing this and I'm even having trouble picturing some of this. Wow. And, <laughs> and also me, go ahead. like just also just trying to picture where you would find the room for all of this too. Oh my gosh. That's the hardest part. Yeah. You got to kill your babies to find room for the new stuff. <laughs> you have yeah. to, you got to kill rooms that you like True. to create new things. You just have to. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it, it, People ask me all the time, like, well, how does it feel, right? Hell's Gate, you dreamt about it for like 12 years before you started construction, and it's finally done. How does that feel? And I'm like, done? It ain't done? Like, I don't even have my first draft done. Like, I have my original designs from 15 years ago, 16 years ago now. Like, they're not all done. Um, I, I've just done as much as I could to this point. Um, but I don't consider especially a big haunt like this. I don't consider the first draft to be done until the 10 year anniversary. And I really feel like that's, that's where you feel done. And I very much felt the same way with Statesville was that Statesville. I was just on the road to completing the first draft for 10 years um, because there's just not enough money and time to do it all at once. Um, so I'm getting there. I got a few more years. And that's why I say like the next three years of my design, I feel like once I get all those rooms done, I'll feel like my first draft is done. And then I'll really start changing my angles uh, of some of that stuff and changing some stuff and adapting storylines and creating new storylines to live in it. But I'm not done with the first draft. Um, wow. It's going to take me another three years to get done with my first draft out here. All right, I will change it from eccentric to weird now to ambitious. That. <laughs> that is that is great. 
But uh, once again, thank you again. Next time I see you, I'll have to get you some merch, some of our merch. Yeah, uh, we'll trade, we'll trade hoodies, we'll trade t-shirts. We, we just started making ours this year. And ours glow in the dark too, which is a lot of fun. Nice. So nice. We'll, get, we'll get on that for you. And um, hopefully see you before then. But if not, it'll be October. Uh, cool. October 13th is a uh, is a Friday this year. So we, uh, of course, we're going to be out and about no matter what we're doing. But before I let you go, drop all your socials and uh, give some advertisement for the people. Yeah, yeah. Come uh, check us out. Uh, you know, our, our web series, daysofthelivingdead.com. Pretty simple, daysofthelivingdead.com. Uh, check out Fear Hell's Gate on Instagram and Facebook. Um, fuck Twitter. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're, we're starting our TikTok pages, really starting to be invested in this year. So keep an eye out for what's coming on our TikTok page. It is something we're going to push a lot onto this year. And for any information about Zombie Army, zombiearmyproductions.com. And if you just want to see video and photos and learn more about Hell's Gate and all the characters that are here, go to hellsgate.com. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much again, Mr. LaFlamboy. And we're excited to see the 2023 version of Hell's Gate Haunted House. Thanks, man. And when you come out this year, make sure you uh, reach out to me first. I'd love to give you guys a backstage tour. Oh, okay. All right. I'm bringing my I'm bringing my team with see, me. Then. See the show live. Go through the gift shop. Find me. We'll bring you backstage. So you see okay. it all around. All right. Okay. All perfect. Right, perfect. Love Take it. Take care. Good luck setting everything up this year. Thank you so much. Thank you to John LaFlamboy for an outstanding interview once again covering the history of his company and Hell's Gate, the future and what is to come for Hell's Gate and really everything in between. So just some phenomenal content. Thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, there is no Haunter's Hack from Mad Nossid this episode and this month, uh, but he's okay. No worry. He will be back with us in August to give us the next installment of his Haunter's Hack segment. And I don't want to step on any toes, so I'm not doing one for him. Uh, so we'll just rejoice his comeback. In the meantime, make sure you go check out Disturbia Summer Screams on July 14th and 15th, 7 to 10 p.m. both nights. That's over in Downers Grove. Follow them on all their socials for more information. And like John the Flamboy said, go follow Hell's Gate on all of their socials. Do the same with Old Juliet Haunted Prison. And plan your routes because October's coming up. Friday the 13th is a Friday the 13th this year. So October's going to be spooky and busy and scary. So make sure that you know where you're going. You can hit both the Old Juliet Haunted Prison and Hell's Gate in the same night. They're 10 minutes apart. I highly recommend you do so. But until then, make sure you follow me on all of my socials at Mike underscore Napolitano on Instagram, at Mike Napolitano on Twitter, or just search up The Italian Breadman. But until then, I will see you all in August. Thank you once again to all the fans out of state, in state, as I mentioned. Uh, we're going to keep growing. And thank you, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you all in August as we get closer and closer to spooky season. So we will be posting some Halloween content very shortly. I am excited and you should be too. All right. Have a good month, everyone. See you in August.